Okay, good evening. I'm trying something new. Uh, the background isn't the best, but the plan tonight is to... Um, well, every night I do online uh, broadcasts using uh, a telephone. So for the past... Well, I've been doing this for quite a while, but the, the past month or so, weeks, couple of weeks anyway, I've been doing daily Dhamma talks based on a verse of the Buddha's teaching from the book Buddha Vachana or Words of the Buddha. So it's got 365 verses, one for every day of the year. And it got me thinking that it'd be nice to be able to share it with more people because I think a lot of people are not uh, involved with our group. So the way it's been working so far is we have a meditation group at meditation.sirimangalo.org. Sorry, just a little bit late. Um, so now I'm live via that group. So if you go to meditation.sirimangalo.org, you will um, you'll see a meditation uh, group that we have. People come and sign in there and uh, put down how long they're going to do walking for and how long they're going to do sitting for. And we meditate together. Um, and, and every night at 9 p.m. Eastern, I've been giving Dhamma talks there. So there's a little live section. And when I'm broadcasting live right now, if you go there right now, you'll see that indeed uh, there, let's see, there will be a little link saying audio is live. Click here for a live audio Dhamma. Hopefully that all works. Um, but I thought, well, small audience, why not share this with a larger audience? So that's what I'm doing here. This is sort of going to be another idea. Part of it is the idea was in lieu of Ask a Monk, because opening up questioning questions to the general public has just been, well, it's, it's a lot to you know, organize and so on. So I thought um, I would open up questions to meditators on meditation.sirimangalo.org. So if you want to ask a question, you have to go to meditation.sirimangalo.org and post the question. But the question has to be posted during the live broadcast. You can't post the question sometime during the week or sometime during the day and expect me to go back and answer questions. These are questions from people who are online at that time. That's what that's for. So, good evening. Today is August, uh, August 2nd. And so we have today a quote about the Saraniya Dhamma. These are six Dhammas fairly well known by practicing Buddhists. Um, they're the six Dhammas that lead one 
make one memorable. So it means people remember you, or you could also translate it as these are dhammas that we should remember, but I don't think that's what it means. They're dhammas that cause us to think of each other. When friends have them, when family members have these, when fellows in the holy life, our brothers and sisters as meditators, when we have these qualities, then we think of each other. Because of them, they make us think about they make us uh, fond of each other. They lead to amity, they lead to uh, goodwill. And so they're quite important things that we should all remember. We, uh, yeah. Right, what I was going to say is that we tend to worry uh, about this about ourselves. The, the idea of, of the word more memorable makes me think of this this sort of feeling that we have of, of being um, useless, meaningless, being meaning hopeless, you know, having no purpose, being unsuccessful. When we die, we're not going to have a legacy, you know, I've wasted my life, this kind of thing. Feeling that we're unsuccessful in life, unsuccessful in our relationships and so on. And so these six dhammas are six six ways by which um, a person is is truly worth remembering you know so these are six dhammas that make us worthy that make us us you know, uh, worth thinking about talk about um, reasons why people would want to remember us or want to think of us so here you are we often feel like we have no friends and, um, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves and so on. These are six things that you can contemplate. And, and moreover, you can feel good about yourself with because they're not that difficult and they're not that advanced or profound. They don't have anything to do with success in business or success in, in society or so on. No, not, not exactly. They have to do with your success in being a good person, really. Being a good person to others. People think of you because of, well, because of these six things. So the first three are related. It's uh, having deeds and words and thoughts that are based on loving kindness, based on friendliness, based on metta. So metta is half the picture there. This is why it's it's so universally praised by the Buddha and by Buddhists alike. This, um, because it's half the half the battle for being a person worth remembering, being a good person, being successful in life, having made something of yourself, etc. Is, is is friendliness. People will remember you, will think kindly of you, will help you, will be supportive of you. Talk about people who are unsupportive of your meditation practice. 
spoke of uh, lack of support among family members and lack of support and encouragement. Uh, friendliness is half the battle, half the half the fight, half of the recipe to success. It really is a powerful thing because you you can't you you can't expect everyone to want to help you to want to be nice to you to want to support you in what you do and so it's easy to fall into negativity and to fall into conflict with others with with these sorts of people so it's so metta is 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 the practice for this it's the practice against uh, our own inclination to cultivate conflict and to cause people to want to forget about us to, to want to never want to see us you know what we don't want is for people for good people when they see us to think oh there comes that person again hmm. a troublemaker or whatever we want people to think oh here there comes that person again he's such a, he or she is such a nice person such a thoughtful memorable person So friendliness, we should be friendly. You have to work at it. It's easy to fall and to become grouchy. And if you're grouchy, even though you might be a nice person, if you're grouchy, less lovable, less memorable. But a person who is kind is someone you remember. You remember the good things. You know, think about teachers, right? Remember your teachers and you remember the ones who were encouraging, who were thoughtful, who, who worked for your benefit, who you really felt cared. Those were the ones who usually got burnt out. Um, I, well, maybe not, but um, those were the best teachers, of course, right? You think of your friends, think of people you grew up with. The reason we remember them is because of this aspect of friendliness. Friendliness in, in deeds mean doing good things for each other, um, helping each other with tasks with schoolwork with work with work with you know chores around the house and being supportive of each other <clears throat> not just working for your own goals your own gains but helping them and speech words kind words words that are truly based on friendliness not hoping to gain ingratiation and hoping to ingratiate yourself with them words that are spoken out of a desire for benefit a desire to benefit the other person <coughs> and thoughts based on thoughts you know if your actions and speech are kind but your thoughts are like oh boy here i'm doing all these wonderful things and uh, i hope they'll give me and help me and I hope they'll remember me, right? I hope they'll love me, whatever. Wanting something out of it doesn't, not, not true friendliness. No, true friendliness is the wish for the other person to benefit. So it, based on the mind. These are the three doors in Buddhism and they're very important. They're, they're the basis of karma. All karma goes through these three doors. You do it by body, by speech, or by mind. So it's kind of a, a something that we, is a framework, you know, the, the three doors the bodily door, the verbal door, and the mental door. The other three are more specific. Number four 
is that we share. Share, share our belongings, share everything. The more sharing and kind and um, generous we are with our friends, the more they're going to like us. The more uh, amicable. And this part of this teaching is important for monks because we live in such a tight-knit community. It's easy for tempers to flare. And also because we're no, not family. Sometimes we've just met each other. You know, the stories I have of monasteries where fist fights broke out and <laughs> almost getting hit over the head with a broom, this kind of thing. Lots of shouting matches. I've been in my share of shouting. I don't think I've ever shouted at a monk, but I've been shouted at. Oh, yes. Uh, you, you see conflict. And so for monks, this is important. But transfer this very same teaching over to family life, for example, or social life, friends, works perfectly. I mean, it might sound a little bit odd for a Buddhist monk. So I just, for monks, it's also important. It's important that we're generous with each other, you know, especially for monks, because we don't have an income. We aren't getting paid for anything. So how do you get what you need? And if you have to be specifically getting all these things like toothpaste and toothbrush, and I mean, the Buddhist time, they didn't use all of the things that we used, like microphones and what have you. But... Um, even still, just to get robes, just to get food. So sharing becomes incre incredibly important. And it's it's a wonderful, awesome thing, powerful thing that is what keeps us going. It's a very important part of the monastic life. And the same goes for lay people, you know, in a family. These little things, you know. Broken families, families that fall into trouble with divorce. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm a bit cynical about love anyway. So it doesn't seem reasonable to me that so many people are getting divorced. I mean, you can't say they just weren't compatible with each other. I mean, we're none of us compatible, really, or we're more or less compatible with each other. And I think a lot of times it was just a failure of really caring, right? And that leads, you know, once once you sh once you hate someone, once you're angry at someone, it's very easy to go down that road, right? In the beginning, you you you, you get very angry once; it's a one-off thing because we get angry. But you go with it. You see, anger can easily perpetuate until it's out of control, and it, you just see red all the time, and it totally obliterates any love you have for the other person. And so, these little things, you know, if we were thought of the other person instead of thinking what can I get out of this I'm not getting any you know the common complaint I'm not getting anything out of this relationship anymore this is not a useful in any in any relationship or in any aspect of our lives you don't become happier by getting stuff this is part of the problem you know a lot of I would say a lot of breakups have to do with um, an intense sensual desire which also brings with it an intense uh, aver aversion you know, tense anger issues you know anger this this rage and it, uh, there's this interesting quote that we saw today about the opposite that when you get rid of desire you get rid of anger as well oh no no when you get rid of anger you get rid of desire was it 
it was one or the other and it, it was the comparison was just like when you get rid of blood the pus goes with it as well but it was a poetic simile yeah. okay so we have sharing we should share with each other share even the buddha said even down to the contents of our alms bowls so a monk comes back with food and they have a certain amount of food another monk comes back didn't get enough share it even if it means you don't get as much as you could and you don't fill up you're in this together and as many people say and i think it's worth pointing out that we're all in this together we're like on a you know the earth is our our ship right through the great ocean we're all in this boat together we're on the same boat right and this is what we're seeing with climate change you can no longer live in isolation and you can no longer say screw you i'm going to do what i want you know, we're dependent on each other if we don't help people other people we hurt ourselves so sharing is definitely a wonderful thing makes life a lot easier when you share let's put it that way makes it a lot easier than 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 hoarding stinginess makes life very difficult you make enemies you make people who are bitter and people don't want to think about you and if ever they think about you they, oh don't bring up that person's name it's number four number five is being moral and ethical and in thai they they use in thailand they use one word for this sila samanyata which means having um, equal or equality of morality and uh, so there was this one place i was where uh i was keeping the monk one one rule uh one you know, fairly important rule and none of the other monks in the monastery were and so there's at one point they, one of the monks got up and talked and in front of all the other monks and said to no one in particular about uh, minor rules and how um, I got into this but, but he also said that he, one of his points was that we have to have equal morality but that's not what this says this doesn't just say that I've talked about this before because if if it were just a matter of you know, getting along, our ability to get along depended on on our having uh, equal morality. Then people who were murderers and thieves should therefore be able to get along and live in peace, which I don't think is ever the case. They're at each other's throats. They're suspicious of each other. They're fighting amongst them, each other because they're full of because they don't have sila so what this actually says is if you read the quote that we're studying is you need purity if, if every if if everyone in the community has pure morality that is a cause for harmony it causes us to think kindly of each other to want to live together So we have to cultivate morality and we have to have a, a, a sense of ethics. I mean, um, living up to the standard of morality. If you're a lay person, to have five precepts. If you're 
monk to have lots and lots of precepts and to keep your to keep as best you can to the rules i mean one example of this is uh, the rule in question that i was talking about was touching money and so in buddhist countries now there's a lot of using use of money and one of the big reasons in the beginning i was fine with it i was saying you know whatever i was using money for with everyone else you know what little bit came as donations and buy you know soap or whatever with it I was doing an international, running this international office in the monastery, so I was, I had phone bills and, and actually quite a few expenses. Um, but then I, I just saw the corruption. I saw how it was tearing apart, well, the Buddhist institution, really. Everyone vying for money and bribing each other to to get in good with the right people and move up in the ranks so you could get more money and more power it was all about money and power and i saw that it, you know none of the, none of it would be possible if it weren't for the money and so i realized you know and at the same time i was hearing all the, about all these western monks who had sort of protested not just Western monks, but they had gotten in with the uh, Thai monks who, who don't touch money. And so they had gone that way and it made sense to me. And their arguments that, well, it's one of the fairly major rules. You know, it's one of the main rules for a novice. So I decided to start keeping it. Because it, because of this, it leads to harmony. And and if you just go by the one-sided part of it, how it makes people think of you. When 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 you have money, you're suddenly you're a uh, an island in yourself. You know, you have power. You have you work for yourself, and that can be quite make things quite lonely. When you're a person who has shifted. You know, you might say a person who is dependent on others because they don't have money, but it's not really the case. You know, because you don't you don't ask, you don't look for, um, you go without. Um, but what it means is it it makes people because because you shift yourself, your time to helping, to doing good, to to sharing the dhamma, for example, and uh, that brings people makes people think about you. They think. Hey, there's the, the, he's doing. He's he, here's someone doing uh, this intense work in the Dhamma. Let's support him. You know, if we don't uh, give food to this person, they will. They won't be able to do it. They'll they'll die, really. And so, it makes people think of you because the 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 upshot, the impractical, as is totally evident. I mean, one of the big criticisms was that you can, if you don't touch money, you can't survive, especially in the West. You know, in Los Angeles, for example, when I was staying two years there, there were a lot of you can't, you can't, you can't, can't go on, on alms round. And I've got a video up of me going on alms round. It was so funny. Everyone was saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And when I left, the first time I went there, when I left at the end of a couple of months, they were begging me to stay and so sorry that I wasn't going to be going on alms round because it was such an outpouring of everyone was thinking about me every day because they were so happy because every day I was giving like three Dhamma talks the first year I went there one in, at 5am and then one in the afternoon and then one in the evening and so much there was so much practice and so much Dhamma going on it was really great for a while 
and um, so they were so happy and they were thinking they, were, they had something they could do for me which was feed me every day and so every day we got way too much food and then most of the food ended up going back to the meditators who were staying at the monastery it was great it was all around a wonderful thing and you would never have uh, that sort of thing you know if, I, if, if there was if I was out buying my own meals for example you know or keeping food which is another thing monks aren't allowed to do uh, but but the money goes even deeper you know and when I have when you have money then there's you can go drive places. So in Los Angeles, people were driving me. Some of the retired, this retired man was driving me around, and I had, it was it was like it was living quite well actually. You know, I was I was, at, I was quite um, comfortable, not having not lacking for anything. And everyone was thinking about. It. Anyway, the point is, people think about you when you are you know, keep keep the principle when you're principled. I mean, for a monk, that that it's it's in a stark, it's it's uh, extreme, because we have such an extreme set of rules that we really can't, we'd really just die, basically. Um, but we're supported by those who who appreciate what we do. Uh, but for lay people, it works as well. You know, you keep moral. People think about you if they know you. Here's a person who doesn't drink, who doesn't lie who doesn't cheat who doesn't you know who has the, it's a very principled life and if they see examples of it people will think about you they'll think of you when they need help when they need something when they they'll think of you when uh, when they're feeling generous as well they'll think of you i mean let's not talk about what good it is for you know how to bring good for you but it's just the greatness of of what people think about you you want people to say good things about you you want to be memorable you want to be successful, to to have a legacy to pass on. This is the best legacy. So, more being ethical. And number six, to have right view, pure view, pure view that is purified, that is right. This is probably most important, right? Because this is to do with wisdom. The, best, the number one reason why people are going to think fondly of you, are going to think of you at all, is for being wise, for being someone they can go to with their problems, someone who can straighten them out when they're in, in a bind, who can answer their questions, can solve their dilemmas. Someone who has right view is like a pillar in the, pillar in the ground. Firm, standing firm. It's like a pillar in the ocean, right? Where everything else is floating around. Here you have a pillar that you can hold to. Person with right view is is like the compass. It's like the island. It's like the rock. And in Christianity, I think they talk about the rock. It's in the Bible, I think. Who's the rock? The rock is someone who has right view. Because you can depend completely upon everything they say. So that's what we strive for in, in, in meditation. We work from the ground up. We try to understand the building blocks of reality. And then once we understand them, we are able to extrapolate. Building blocks, I mean the basics of experience. What is anger? What is it like? What does it lead to? What is greed? What is it like? What does it lead to? 
mindfulness, what is it, what is it like, what does it lead to, etc. What is the cause, what is the effect, what is the nature. And from there you can build up everything. Talk about problems in your life. Well, they come down to individual experiences. What is a phobia? Well, it's fear and it's thinking and it's attachment and it's delusion. It's lots and lots of things. It's anxiety. And so you break it up into its basic parts. Right view helps you do that. You stop looking at things as entities. Like this is a problem. Because once it's a problem, what do you do with it? What do you do to solve a problem? There's no way. It's, a, it's atomic. The word atom means something that's indivisible. Atomic means something that's indivisible. So it's actually a misnomer. The atom, the physical atom, isn't an atom. It's not atomic because it's divisible. But they thought it wasn't, so they called it an atom. Anyway, I like saying, talking, mentioning that because um, this idea of something being atomic. Atomic means indivisible. You can't break a problem. But what is what is inside? If you stop looking at the problem and look at the experiences, now I'm this, now I'm that, well, it's gone now. So this whole problem thing was just an illusion. It was a smokescreen. It stopped you from seeing what was really there. That's what right view does. helps you see what's really there. So that's a half an hour, a little bit longer than I normally go. Normally I'm just on here for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, but I'm happy to go longer. And um, as I said, I'll be answering questions. So if people did have questions, I don't expect them tonight. But this would be the idea. You could post them throughout the talk, I guess. Or you could post them now when I'm saying I'm just about to, to go. Uh, but you have to post them, not on YouTube. I'm not going to answer questions on YouTube anymore. Too big of an audience. I'm answering questions over on this screen in uh, meditation.sirimangalo.org. The link will be in the description of this video. And I'm only answering them during this live broadcast. Mm, there's a problem there. The problem is that not everyone is live, right? This is only live in in uh, US. For people in Europe, they're surely watching this later, if they're watching this. Well, I'll think about that. But for now, people at meditation.sirimangalo.org, if you have questions, now's the time to ask them. Other than that, thank you. Uh, have a good night. But I'll be staying on YouTube as well if there are questions. If not, we'll just say goodbye. because See, they, the other thing is to move some of people, you people over on this screen, over to this screen. Um, so people from YouTube joining our meditation group you've been watching my videos on how to meditate come meditate with us okay otherwise thanks for tuning in so hey everyone Brenna is here Patrick I don't know I think Tina hi Tina Aurora hello Tim I don't think we met but he's a regular I don't think Oh, you're, you're moving around, no? Drew, Simon, Charlie, I think I know. Is that Charlie Brown? Robin, hi, Robin. Tina is my Chinese translator. 
she translated my book into Chinese. So if there's lots of errors in it, you know who to blame. No, I was so impressed by that one. I mean, just to see, that's what, that was when it really hit me because there were other languages being translated. But when, when, I, when, I, look, when I looked at this on the screen, Chinese, I thought, now, now we're in business. Now we means it. Now it means it. I mean, of course, not to not to put. It wasn't anything special. I mean, all the translations were awesome, but you know, when your work is translated into Chinese, something about that, or maybe not. So I don't know about you guys. Can you see me on YouTube at the same time? I guess you don't need to use the live audio stream, right? You don't even need to click on it because you can also be watching YouTube. I don't even know, is it still broad? Yeah, it's still broadcasting, right? Good. So it'll be, it's also, see the live audio broadcasts have been recorded, are being recorded. Right now it's being recorded. And as soon as the stream stops, it's going to move that file to the live directory. So there's a directory on our server it's got a whole list of all the files. Hi. I don't know how to say your name. Caesar, Caesar, Kaiser, Caesar. Anthony looks new. QWL. Oh, yeah, I should put the YouTube link. Hmm. I have to think about this, but there's lots of lots of potential. Right now, I like the audio because, first of all, it's automatic. I mean, it's going to record that and put it up there. I don't have to do anything. I just click the button, got this mic here, and it's it's sending it to YouTube. Um, second of all, it's portable because this is the recorder. So I just take this phone thing, and this if I'm somewhere else i just got the mic got the phone bada bing bada boom did the buddha mention what things are atomic there is like the smallest individual um individual aspect of matter it's called a kalapa um I think I'm not really clear about kalapas, but it's like one experience of matter is made up of of different parts, like taste and or I don't know. One element of matter has uh, vi visibility, uh, sound, etc. Let's see. Look in the Abhidhamma. That's physical. Mentally, there are three atomic things. I suppose the citta is atomic, jadasika is atomic, but jadasika are inside the citta, or they're part of the citta, or it's not exactly atomic. But you can't split one citta into two jittas. It's it doesn't become citta ets or or minor jittas or something. A citta is one moment of experience, one el one atom of experience. But there are qualities to each jitta. Each jitta has different qualities. Those qualities are called jitasika. So they're different. It's like billiard balls, but each one is different colored. Some are stripes, some are solids, whatever. But they're still billiard balls. 
and then you have rupa and Ru so rupa has these kalapa things there are these individual aspects and then you have nibbana nibbana is indivisible you don't get pieces you can't take some of it and put it in your pocket your nibbana is one thing so i would say those are the atoms good question We have 24 viewers on YouTube, which is great for something spontaneous. This is going to try to do this every day. So if you're watching this canned, tune in 9 p.m. That's what time it is now. It's 9, almost 10, getting close to 10 now. But uh, try to do this every day at 9 Eastern. And I think I'm going to stick with that time. Unfortunately, I'm sorry that this makes it difficult for people in Europe, but I have an agenda. The idea is I'm going to incorporate this into a daily program I having mastered, which um, is probably not going to happen until January. But a big surprise. And the surprise is going to be announced on Sunday, next Sunday. So I shouldn't even be saying it, spoiling the surprise. The surprise is... I may have even mentioned this before. The surprise is we're going to be trying to move, we're going to try to open a meditation center near McMaster. And so uh, every day, you know, try to have live sessions. People can come from McMaster University. Uh, at 7 p.m., we'll have uh, open house. People can come and maybe we'll do chanting. I don't know. Maybe we'll just do demonstrations of how to meditate at eight from eight to nine group meditation 9 p.m this do it every day so easy you know what it would take to reach this kind of audience every day how much work it would take for the individual and how much work it would take for many individuals right it can't be done every day but here we're going to do it every day i should also take the quote it shouldn't be very difficult uh, take the quote and put it over here below the time uh, we'll put it somewhere on that website hi Aurora so no questions I didn't really think there would be but I thought I'd let you know that this is how it's going to work questions over there meditation.sirimangalada.org the link is down there So thanks everyone for tuning in and keeping up with the meditation practice. That's all for tonight. Have a good night. See you again, hopefully. It won't be every day. I probably will miss some days. So if I'm not here some days, stick around for five, ten minutes to see, well, five minutes, see if I'm going to show up, if you, if you like. Uh, but after five minutes, I would say, don't wait for me. Have a good night.